the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There is theology in the seventh day. There is a pause in that seventh act of God that is a timeless commitment to the silence of the soul. That's Pastor Michael Oxentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. The Silent Seal is the name of today's broadcast. We will bring you the first portion of this message here today. Remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. It is a part of the Revelation series. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with the first portion of The Silent Seal. Today's Reaching Your Heart. The world is loud, and there is a yearning for the silence of the soul. I mean, the world is loud. The cacophony of the modern age would break the silence of the soul and break the heart, too. Paul Simon once wrote the lyrics for a three-minute song in 1964 that has proved to be an almost prophetic description of the modern yearning of the silence of the soul. He writes, Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. In restless dreams I walked alone, narrow streets of cobblestone. Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp. And with my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light that split the night and touched the sound of silence. And in the naked light I saw 10,000 people, maybe more, people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, people writing songs that voices never shared, no one dared, disturb the sound of silence. Fools said, I, you do not know, silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you, take my arms, that I might reach you. But my words like silent raindrops fell and echoed in the wells of silence. And the people bowed and prayed to the neon god they made. And the sign flashed out its warning in the words that it was forming. And the sign said, the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and the tenement halls and whispered in the sound of silence. According to Paul Simon, the sound of silence is the inner voice of the modern prophetic vision that sees nothing in the future but the path of human darkness with no meaning to it. We live in an age when people are yearning for meaning in their life. The sound of silence is the sound of people listening without hearing each other, even the voice of God. It's the sound of silence. The sound of broken relationships dominates the silence. The sound of silence is the sound of people talking without saying anything that means anything that really matters. The sound of futile philosophy that leads to no real understanding. 
The sound of empty words that fall on deaf ears doomed to die. It is the sound of a walk that is always lonely because God is gone and neon lights serve as a poor substitute for the God of light who shows the way. The sound of silence is the sound of restless dreams and narrow halls that lead to nowhere land with crazy music in it. In the end, the sound of a nightclub style noise that blurs the ear and holds the heart from hearing the voice of God. The voice that beckons deep down inside to come to the water of life and live forever. Paul Simon wrote, Fools, said I, you do not know, silence like a cancer grows. The silence that Paul Simon put to music is not the kind of silence that God will bring for his people at the end of time. It's not the kind of pause that we need on the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ. When God created the world in seven days, he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. There is theology in the seventh day. There is a pause in that seventh act of God that is a timeless commitment to the silence of the soul. On the first six days, God spoke and things happened in rapid succession. The world was formed from darkness in the deep, and the land appeared as a continent of hope for the first man and woman. The Bible says, and God said, and then it happened. Wow, bam, light, land, all the things we need for life. His word changed the world and gave us a new beginning. The six days of creation were days filled with the sound of God's spoken word. And God said there was light. And then the majesty of his word brings all that is. But on the seventh day, God rested. And as you look at it, that statement there in Genesis 2, you will find that it says, it does not say as it did on the other six, God said. It simply states what God did. There is the sound of silence. God's rest, God's blessing, and God's holiness in the seventh day was the sound of silence. God sealed creation with the Sabbath rest. The seventh day introduced the sound of divine silence. I I don't know about you. Have you ever felt like the pull of the world we're living in is so much so that it's hard to hear the voice of God? Have you ever felt that way? I find that it's easy to fall or lose my way if I don't have a sense of God's presence. Does that kind of work with you too? And so the seventh day Sabbath is not just the day that's the right day. It is the right day, by the way. It's the Sabbath. I mean, there's no guessing at that. It's the day that God rested. It's the day that Jesus rests in the tomb. It is the Sabbath the apostolic church kept for 300 years. That's not even debated for people who seriously know the history of the early church. But friends, it's more than that. It is the sign and seal that the God who made us can save us. It's the sign and seal that the one who gave silence on the seventh day can find your soul and give you silence on the last day of human history. It's the sign and seal that the one who blessed the day, who made it holy, who rested and finished his work, that he can help you do the same, that you can be finished by faith before you start, that righteousness by faith can be embedded in your life, and you can know the living God in life. The sound of silence, the voice of God, can break through the cacophony of the modern age, and in the silence of the soul, you can know that there's God. Sound of God's voice in the spoken word on the first six days of creation was replaced in creation by the fullness of God's blessing, the blessing that comes on the seventh day because God is in the day. According to the book of Revelation, both the world and human history is moving in the direction of the silent seal. It is the sound of silence. When the sealing angel has accomplished his work in Revelation 7 by restoring the seventh-day Sabbath to the Christian world. Now, why did I say that? Because the book of Revelation clearly teaches that the fourth commandment of the Holy Decalogue, 
will be the seal of the living God in an end-time issue that affects the conscience of the Christian world and the entire world. And the Sabbath that was kept by the apostolic church will be restored to his end-time church, and that evangelical Christianity, post-Protestant Christianity, will come to grips with the entire law of God in the context of the everlasting gospel. Many Christians today believe the law is at odds with God's gospel. They believe that what Jesus did is somehow in variance with what God did at Sinai. And yet in Revelation 14, 12, the Bible says, as it describes those who move through that end time test, it says without apology, here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The gospel is glued to the commandments of God and there will be no variance, no disagreement for that group of end time Christians. And so yes, the Sabbath must be restored to the Christian world and it will take a global test to accomplish this. There will be the sound of silence as there was in creation on the seventh day of the beginning of the world. In Revelation 8.1, the Bible says, When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Now, in contrast to the sound of silence in Revelation 6.1, the first seal is introduced with the sound of thunder. Look at it. Revelation 6.1, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures as with a voice of what? What does it say? Of thunder come. I mean, so the seals don't start with silence. They start with noise. The sound of thunder and a call to come. The seven seals move from the voice of thunder to the sound of silence. The seven seals begin with a call that is loud and they end with the sound of silence. The seven seals introduce the noise that must be heard by the human heart before the sound of silence comes at the end when rebellious hearts will no longer hear the voice of God. There is time for noise in life. There is the time for the voice of God to break in and wake you up in life. And when silence comes, the night comes for the soul that knows not God. The same movement exists in the seven plagues. As the plagues fall, there are sores, blood, death, heat, and darkness and conflict that leads to the final battle of Armageddon in the sixth plague. But when the seven plagues are ended, there is a sea of glass, a calm sea dominates the end. Peace be still all over again. The sea of glass is described at the end of the seven last plagues in Revelation 15. It is described as a calm that can be seen, a sea that you can stand on. In contrast, the silence of the seven seals a calm that can be heard. It is the sound of silence that you can hear deep inside the heart when God says, be still and know that I am God. The book of Revelation teaches us that the loud and violent history of the world is moving in a peaceful direction. It's not moving toward a cataclysmic end. It's moving toward an interruption that will bring us to a sea of glass and the silent seal. It is the Sabbath silence of the seventh seal that brings the sealing process to an end. Now, we live in a world where it's hard to hear the voice of God because of the loud cacophony of daily care. I know that's true in my life. I suspect it's true in yours. Friend, God has given us the seventh-day Sabbath. He has given us Jesus in the Sabbath because it is the Lord's day. It is about the Lord, not about the day. Did you catch that? It's about the one who is embedded in it. God has given us the Sabbath so we will know Jesus, so we can shut down the noise of the world and hear his voice and live forever. There is no legalism in the day at all. It is a sign and seal of the living God that we need Jesus and we can know Jesus. 
That's why Jesus told us to hold on to the seventh day all the way down to the end of time. Matthew 24, 13. Christ says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now, is that the language of certainty, yes or no? It is. Now, look at verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony of how many people? To all nations, then the end will come. I mean, God wants to save everybody. I mean, he doesn't have an attitude of just wanting to get a certain few in. He wants the entire world to have an opportunity to live forever. Now, look at verse 15. So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Now, how many of you have ever heard in your experience the prophecies of Daniel Revelation don't matter? A few of you have? I mean, here's Christ talking about the gospel going to the world. Yes or no? He's talking about the certainty of salvation in Jesus. Yes or no? Yes. He's talking about the importance of reaching every single person with the truth of that gospel. And immediately he transitions to the book of Daniel and he says, let the reader understand. If you have an attitude in your life that will not allow you to open the prophetic word of God, you are missing something that can seal you deeply into the gospel experience of Jesus Christ. Friends, we need the prophecies and the gospel together. One is the proof of the other. Pray that your flight, look at verse 20, pray, he says, that your flight, and when Jesus tells you to pray, what, what should you do? You should pray, right? He says, pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on a Sabbath. Now, in the context, verse 21, he says, then there'll be great tribulation. That's the end of the world. He's saying, right down to the end of time, get on your knees, wrap the Sabbath into your prayer life, keep it, because in it, you keep the gospel experience alive. In Psalms 46, 10, and 11, God says, Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Friend, God has given us the seventh-day Sabbath so we can know Jesus Christ, so we can have the experience of the gospel in a practical way in our life, that we can know, just as Adam and Eve knew back at creation, that we are finished by faith before we start before they ever had one full day of work, they rested in the finished work of God at creation. And friends, you cannot work for God. You cannot know God. You cannot serve God unless you rest in Jesus as your Savior. The Sabbath is a sign and seal of the living God. It's God's ancient and relevant way of sealing you in an end-time relationship with Jesus. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Deuteronomy 27, 9 and 10, And Moses and the Levitical priests said to all Israel, Keep silence and hear. O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. You shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God, keeping His commandments and His statutes, which I command you this day. You can't hear the voice of God unless you're quiet. and You calm down. You come to church and you put the world away and you cease. You know, I had the funniest thing happen to me yesterday. 
you won't get mad at me as I share with you something I was struggling with, would you? I mean, I'll tell you how the world works. I mean, I had this new car that I had to get. It's a Volkswagen TDI Jetta. I mean, it gets 56 miles a gallon on the highway. That's why I got it. I can't afford these gas prices that are going on. My other vehicle had over 150,000 miles on it, was showing signs of failure, so I had to give it to my son who ended up trading it off and getting a a car that cost me another $2,000 to fix, a Ford Mustang. I, I don't like this car buying and selling business. It's very expensive. But finally, I got mine. I was going to give him this Jetta. I said, you take it, go to school. He said, no, Dad, I don't want it. So I ended up with the Volkswagen Jetta that gets great mileage, drives right like a go-kart, fun car. Now, it's funny how little things like this can become idols in our life without us even knowing it. Beautiful finish on the car. It was a beautiful finish on the car. Now, we have four cats at our house. We've kind of taken them in as people have died or friends have needed us to care for their cats, and they kind of remain at our home. I went out this last weekend, just before I called Gabrielle on the phone. We were working through a, a paper that had to be written, and I noticed this long scratch mark all the way across the top of the car. I mean, on the hood of the car. And I looked at it, it looked like a cat paw. And that means it was. I said, those cats. Then I remember they were our cats, part of our family. So here it was, the cats on one side that had messed up the hood of my new car. And then I thought of the verse, and I, I shared it with Gabrielle on the phone, you know. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. The love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not, that kind of thing. I thought to myself, boy, it's amazing how a new car can grab you. Well, it wasn't the end of the story. One scratch after another started appearing on this thing. So I got buffered to, to kind of buff them out. And finally, when I realized the more I tried to clean up the car, the worse it got, I finally settled down and said, you know what, I'm going to drive this thing the way it is. I'm done with it. Now, I thought I was secure in my decision until yesterday evening as I was striving to get home for the Sabbath. I'd taken my dog Smokey to someone for the weekend because I have to go for a wedding. And as I was driving back, I looked in the car seat, and there were ink marks on the vinyl seat of the car. I go, oh, no, not again. And so as the sun was setting, I wanted to get the ink off so it wouldn't set into my seat, right? And I found myself struggling with the Sabbath rest. And when it was over, I had to get on my knees and say, Lord, forgive me. The pull of the world is such that I lost the transition into your rest because I wanted to fix everything on my own. Have you ever done that? You ever rushed to, to keep the Sabbath and didn't quite make it because you're trying to pull off the bookends? Okay, well, I was too. And when I was writing this sermon last night, I fell on my knees and I asked God to forgive me and help me to have a sense of the sound of silence. So I'm struggling with the same thing you are in life. I'm not speaking down to you. I'm speaking to you. We live in a time when it's hard to do what the Bible is saying. You can't obey God well unless there's a well you draw from that is deep. That Unless you respect the time God has set aside to listen to him. Sometimes we try so hard to prove ourselves to God that we miss the point that God has already proved himself to us. God says, keep silence and hear, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. God says that every single Sabbath day. To find God in silence is to hear His voice and to embrace His grace that you belong to God in Jesus. 
Psalm 62, 5, For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from Him. Friend, it's when you're quiet with God that you can have hope in God. The soul that's too busy to be silent is too busy to know God. The person that is afraid to be still in life is the person that is afraid to touch the face of God and live forever and have life. The book of Revelation teaches that there will be silence in heaven at the end of time. It is moving from the thunder and the cacophony to the silent seal. Now, why do we need silence in heaven anyway? I thought it was a happy place. It is. In the book of Revelation, heaven is a very noisy place full of music and praise. The word loud occurs in the book of Revelation 21 times in 21 verses. Three times seven we find it. Three is the number of God. Seven, the number for the week that ends in the Sabbath. All 21 times it refers to a sound that originates in heaven or belongs to heaven. In the book of Revelation, noise is the method God utilizes to get our attention, but the outcome, the destination, is silence. Elijah was the prophet of fire and wind who called on the name of God, and the storm brought forth. You know, he met there at Mount Carmel. It was a sacred test. He put 12 stones in place. It was the contest between Yahweh, the God of Israel, and Baal. And he said, Lord, bring down fire from heaven. Burn up my altar with all the water on it. And prove this day that you're God. And when it was over, the people were saying, Elijah, Elijah, which means in Hebrew, my God is Yahweh. My God is Yahweh. He was the prophet that was used to the loud voice. But before the chariot came down to take him to heaven, he needed to learn that God is not always in the noise. You hear him best when there is silence in the soul. Afraid of his fears and of the evil Jezebel who was out to get his life, he fled to Mount Sinai where God thundered and spoke his law to Moses centuries before. He was hoping for a little more fire to throw back at his enemies. He wanted God to speak to him and straighten things out with the voice of Sinai, the voice of thunder. But God didn't speak that way to Elijah. 1 Kings 19, verse 9. And there Elijah came to a cave, and he lodged there, very likely the same cave that Moses was in when he saw God's back but not his face. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Has God's voice ever come to you saying the same thing? What are you doing where you're at? Why are you messing around with that course of life, with those decisions that wreck your life? What are you doing here, Sam, Sue, John? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. I've been serving God, but somehow I've lost God, is implied here. I, I have been jealous for the Lord of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I even, I only am left. In the Hebrew, I'm a one-man remnant. I'm all there's left of Israel, and now they seek my life to take it away. When I'm gone, faith perishes from the earth. You see, he had a central view of himself that needed to be correct. He needed to realize he was not the center of God's universe he was at the center of his own universe, and he must expand for the need of others. Verse 11, and he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. God spoke to him. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A still, small voice. That was the voice of God. You know, at the end, things get loud before they get quiet again. In Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, the seventh angel blew his trumpet. 
There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Look at Revelation 12.10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, the power, the kingdom of our God, the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before God. Look at Revelation 14.7. He said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory. For the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the fountains of water. Now look at Revelation 19 one as well. After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, crying out, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. I mean, in the noisy world in which we live, it is not natural for us to hear God and believe the gospel. I mean, so what does God do? Friends, the loud voice of God's word, the loud voice of the gospel, the loud voice of prophetic truth and intervention breaks in to our cacophony so we can be led to God to hear the silence of the soul. God doesn't whisper the good news to the world. He shouts it out because the ear is dull. It has grown into a failure where it cannot easily hear. He shouts it loud enough for people to stop and listen to his word. Maybe you have heard it. I gave my son to die for you, God says, with a loud voice. There is an everlasting gospel with a loud voice. The hour of God's judgment has come with a loud voice. Do you hear me at the end of time? Or do you just want to play religion, play around with the Bible, but not Come to God on your knees and surrender to God. A loud voice calls us back. That will conclude the first portion of The Silent Seal. Today's Reaching Your Heart, a part of the Revelation series. Remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.